0: Boss Lady Coaching Podcast. We sure have missed you. I'm your host, Holly Sexton, along with Megan Stith, and we are finding boss ladies across the land. And thank you so much to those who listen, those who are rating us on iTunes, and then sharing boss ladies that you love and that you would love for us to talk to. Thank you for making those referrals. We absolutely love networking that way. Today's guest is an author, an entrepreneur. She's a mother. She's a coach. She's a consultant. She's a Texan turned Kentuckian. Jennifer, did I leave anything out of
1: that? I think you covered everything, Holly. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here with you and Megan today.
0: And we met through a mutual friend, Bella. Yes. Who has a networking compassion group. That's what I would call it, a compassion social media group. And I saw in that group that uh, you have a new book out. So uh, we'd love to get to know you better and to introduce you to our boss ladies. So uh, the book came out last week.
1: Yes, it was released on September 1st on Amazon and we reached bestseller new release book um, by I think four o'clock that day Eastern time. And it was was an exciting day. I had not been part of a big book launch like that. Uh, And we did a live Um, celebration party in the afternoon. And it was kind of fun. They were sending us updates throughout the day in terms of what was happening with um, people buying and getting excited about this book. So yes, it was released just last week. So brand new. It's called Women Who Boss Up. It's a collaboration of 15 authors from around the world. There are our personal stories of how we've had to overcome some type of obstacle to boss up, become successful in health, life and business. The woman who put this together, Tam Luck, she interviewed people from really around the world. We have a sleep expert as part of the book. We have a financial expert in Canada. We have a doctor um, from, I think she may be in Malta. Um, We truly have women, it is an international group of women. Um, so they come from, everybody comes from very different walks of life and, but we came together with this collaboration, um, you know, and got to know each other through, we had our own Facebook group and we were, we did some calls, zoom calls and got to know each other. And there's definitely a true spirit of the the women who overcome things and they, they just want to go out there and create great things out in the world and make an impact. So it's a lot of fun to be part of that. It's almost like a movement. It's to me, it feels like it's getting this momentum. And she's continuing on to do more books like this. This was her first one, so um, I'm part of the inaugural group. And she's going to be doing books in like women who boss up in health and wellness, Um, women who boss, moms who boss up. So she's taking this this theme and continuing it on with several other different categories. To hear someone's story. Um, to me is so inspiring. I mean, as a coach, I can give you tools and talk about what people need to do and processes. But when you hear someone's story and what they've done to overcome something or what inspired them or what got them to um, engage in something, um, that's where the kind of the richness is. And I think that's where we can all connect to each other in a much different way.
0: You take a lot in from other people to help them as a coach. What was it like for you to tell your personal story? How did that feel? What was that process like?
1: You know, Holly, that is such a great question. Um, When I started this project, I, I had this realization in the middle of it. And what I realized was I had never fully told my story. I had kind of started from... Okay, I started this business in 2003, and here you know here we go forward. My friends know my story, my some, my clients do, but I had not really gone back and said, okay, this is really the story of what inspired this business. So, um, as I mentioned to both of you before we got started tonight, I have a couple of other books coming out, and I had published my own book in 2011. It's it's eight years old, so. Even in that book, I had only given glimpses of things. So, The Women Who Boss Up was really the first time that I came out and said, Okay, here's my story. You know, this came out of, um, I, ha- I looked like I had the perfect life. Um, I was Junior League president, I was married, two kids, and my marriage blew up. And I went, wow, went into therapy, all kinds of healing. I decided to leave the marriage and spent time healing and then started this business. But the the thing that really motivated me and why I felt like it was important to tell the story is that I wanted people to really understand that I did choose to leave the marriage, but I wasn't leaving the marriage because, oh, this terrible thing happened. I realized through all this process how I forgot who I was. I I lost myself in this this relationship, and I think so many women do that. I think that with women, we we play all these different roles, and we're the caregivers, and we are the CEOs, and we're the businesswomen, and we're the volunteers, and we're mothers and wives and uh, girlfriends and daughters, and we play so many roles and in the process of that we often forget who we are and I was I was very much that person and so I started my business Excavive coaching and consulting to work with women to help them truly come back to themselves and to know who they are and to wherever they are in life and whatever they're trying to create know that going forward and be part of that so going back and telling my story around how I started the business But I also went further back to really talk about kind of some things in my childhood of um, being a child of divorce, being a child of an alcoholic, and how those things also impacted me. So this was the okay time to get in the arena and be vulnerable, and here it is.
2: (laughs) Jennifer, I would love to know what advice you have for women who maybe are feeling lost. Um, because I, I joke with my husband all the time that he's gotten to be married to several different women since he <laughs> met me. Um, because I have no problem. Um, it's scary, and, and it's challenging. But I've tried a lot of new things. I've grown in a lot of different ways, and in um, very different than the person he married. Um, I think it is also really easy to be stuck in what you're used to. And um, what advice do you have? Because you've obviously made a lot of huge changes and tried things that were, I'm sure, uncomfortable at the time. So any advice to women who might be listening to this and feeling a little bit
1: stuck well I think the first thing I would say is that it's okay like it's um, one of the things that I'm I'm very big on when I work with people is to for people to have kind of self-love that self-acceptance that wherever you are it's okay and let's let's get started on something else I love how you describe, Megan, that your husband has been married to many women. you have transformed it's some of the it's something that I've been fascinated with is how people transform, evolve, and grow all the time, and how do you stay connected to those people that are in your life that maybe aren't growing and evolving and changing the way you are They may not be reading the same books or they may not have a coach or they may not be doing the same work and so um, I think it 's really important for the people who do get on this journey of self work to remember that others aren't aren 't necessarily doing that so that 's where you learn to communicate um, and you learn to to really meet them where they are still and be connected to them but in terms of being stuck um, that 's a tough one because people are stuck for different reasons it can be limiting beliefs it can be they don 't feel they deserve it can be they 're just terrified. They. It can be fear. There are so many different reasons. So you've got to kind of to get down to what it is that, that's holding you back. That's where as a coach, I've been really successful. And I think it's one of my gifts is being able to get someone unstuck. You've got to see the good first. You've got to see your genius, your values, who you are as a person, and really embrace that. And because that person is what will get you through moving through that fear. Um, something I like to say about fear is um, I love Elizabeth Gilbert is another one of my favorite authors. And she wrote a book called Big Magic, which she talked about her creative process. And she said that every time she sits down in front of the paper, puts pen to paper, she's suddenly terrified. And here she is, this international best-selling author. And she said she finally realized she had to make friends with the fear. She realized that fear is going to be part of, it's just going to be it's going to be her constant companion, part of the journey. So she said, I now allow fear to come along on the journey. I just don't let fear get a vote. To acknowledge that you're stuck, to acknowledge those fears, those limitations, I think it's good to acknowledge them, but to see your greatness and how you can move through that and get some help with it if you need to, um, to get unstuck. And there are so many fantastic resources out there for people listening to podcasts like this. I love what the two of you are doing and bringing this to the world, reading books, getting a coach, seeing a therapist. For anyone who's listening to this and is stuck, I just encourage you to find somebody you connect with to whether it's a coach or a friend, therapist, to kind of be your partner and help you start moving through that.
0: That was a great question, Megan. And and thank you for sharing so well, Jennifer. Like I totally have an image in my mind now of letting fear get in the car. <laughs> it's like, you can come in. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. You can sit in the, in the passenger seat or the back seat, but you don't get to sit in the driver's seat. <laughs> exactly. Great.
0: And I think back to all of um, the hard decisions I've made in my life and some that I've made in the past two years or so and how I employed that, or like every time I, I get in front of a group of people to perform, I know every single time I'm going to feel the endorphins, and I'm going to feel the racing heartbeat, and I'm, and I'm going to feel the nausea, and the <laughs> yes, those things that go along with it, and so a tool that I use for that, boss ladies, is um, I keep a binder, and a friend of mine, Sarah, she named it the smile file, and you can, keep a, yeah, you can keep a physical binder, uh, you can keep it in your email, wherever you want. Just something that you can access easily that shows you all of the things that you've conquered. You can go through this just to remind yourself, and, and, and when I get really nervous, I'll pull out that binder and I'll look at it, and I'll be like, hey, you look at the time that you did that thing and you were terrified and and you did great or look at the time you did this thing and you were terrified and it went eh, it was mad it went okay but nobody died <laughs>
1: <It was laughs> nobody exactly died. exactly yeah Yeah. Holly, I, love, I love that that is so fantastic I have a, a tool I use with my clients it's a way for them to remember especially when you get down and go oh I'm not getting anything done or I'm not getting, I'm not meeting my goals to so go back and look wow look at all the things you have done so that's I love that though the smile file that's a that's a great name for it. smile folder I love that
2: we don't think about those accomplishments and all the times it went right and it's just uh funny that your brain will play tricks on you if you're not careful
1: absolutely and one of the questions I ask clients if we're actually coaching on something you know what's the worst that could happen and then we talk about that and go okay well so what if that happens well then what else and we kind of go through all the scenarios to we get to the end and then suddenly they're like, this really isn't so bad. <laughs> you know, I, I do think we think of things so much worse in our minds than they actually are. That's why it's important when you're trying to accomplish something and you're trying to, we're talking about that place of getting stuck to do small things that you can feel successful. I think you have to be able to tap into those feelings of success, those feelings of accomplishment, um, and stair step it and, keep, and then do another thing that feels a little challenging, get the feeling of success or that you, you made it through, nothing happened bad, and then do another. And you have to build that resilience and keep going. It's like um, climbing a ladder to, the, to a roof and you don't go from the first rung to the fifth rung. You have to go the first rung, then the second rung, then the third rung, and to really build that resilience and take it one step at a time.
0: How have you been able to connect with clients during the pandemic and inspire them?
1: It, it's been interesting. I, I have a variety of clients all over the country. And my business is, I was already, first of all, I was already used to working at home. Um, so that was, for me, was really not very different. Um, and I, the thing that has been different is that I've always met with people in person if they're in Louisville, Kentucky, or by phone. Because I have, as I said, clients all over the country. So one thing I started offering was Zoom. And I have a few clients now that love Zoom. So we've been able to, for instance, have a client in Detroit, Michigan, who we've worked together off and on for 12 years, but have never, we've always talked by phone. So now it's a different dynamic with this relationship. We get to see each other. It feels more personable. It's been really, really lovely. Um, I have clients in South Dakota. I actually am coaching two women running for for a political campaign. They're running for office for the state legislature in South Dakota. And so um, one of the things I've offered that was a little different from my coaching before, so we're still doing our phone calls, but I'm also editing and reviewing, you know, their uh, maybe they get a question from the newspaper that they need to give their positions on something. So I'm re- reviewing their positions. I'm helping them write speeches. So I've kind of expanded my services a little bit beyond just the coaching because I am a writer and I'm a strategic thinker and have a background in PR. So PR advertising. So I kind of combine all that together and have able to have been able to really offer a, actually a few more services than just the coaching, kind of go beyond that. Um, But in terms of the way I have stayed connected to the community and um, have gotten new clients, that has been challenging because I'm such an extrovert and person I love to be at. I love to meet people uh, in person and since we haven't had those, I've done some virtual things. There have been a few groups like um, Greater Louisville Outstanding Women. We've hosted a couple of events. Um, I did a program for the ballet, their mind-body wellness series. I did a program for them by Zoom. It was supposed to be an in-person um, talk and inspirational talk, so I did it by Zoom. That was my first time learning to navigate all the buttons since I had to do share screens, and that went, that went well. So I think I'm just like everyone else adapting, and, um, but I will say this. Coaching and what I do as a coach, I feel like it's been—it's kind of needed more than ever. I think there are so many people out there that are struggling, or they're—they're they're sitting in silence and they're not getting the support and the help that they need. And I know some of the people that I've added during this time—they um, probably could have used coaching before, but now they really need it because they're trying to figure out how do I navigate this, how do I. You know, how do I date during a pandemic? You know, how do I stay connected to people during a pandemic? I've never tried to pigeonhole myself as a coach to say I'm only a career coach or I'm only an executive coach. I love being a life coach because I feel like it's, it's, um, um, it is full service. It's about some, it is everything for someone's life. I mean, someone may hire me for their careers and then we end up talking about their dating life or their relationships or their health and wellness. And it really is all interconnected. So I think it's so it makes my services, you know, even more important. I just want to see people be happy and fulfilled and be authentic, be themselves and feel like they can go out there in the world and be fully loved and accepted for who they are and find success with that. And that's what I'm about. So
0: happy that you are about that and working on that. And it's funny that you mentioned the whole woman, because when Boss Lady Coaching was started, because Megan is a certified coach, the coaching component in there, Megan, I I can't speak for you, but I imagine it was meant to be professional, like about career.
2: You're right. I think um, being able to look at people holistically and that we're not just our jobs, we're not just defined by what we do. And it's not... Um, just health that might need a focus, but it's uh, the whole person. And um, it's really fascinating. And I think even um, the the biggest blessing for me is how coaching has helped me be a better listener, ask better questions. Um, And I continue to use a lot of those techniques in the workplace day to day. And um, I think even if somebody's not planning to go be a professional coach, working with clients for for money, uh, I think there's still a lot of value to adapting a lot of these principles into our day to day lives.
1: Absolutely, Megan. You know, I've, do, I've actually done some – I developed a training that was a coach training for people who are not coaches that actually spoke to the skills that you're talking about, the active listening, the being able to ask, a, you know, a, a question, and it really – the skills that you get as a coach I think are so enriching. Like They have been for me and my clients um, that you – it just – helps you connect to people in a different way. It helps you be curious. I feel like I have evolved in a way that, I've let the judgment, like the less, the judgment's kind of dissipated because if you get into this state of curiosity, then you're not judging somebody. You're getting really curious about what they think and their perceptions and what they believe and, and different opinions. And um, it's just made life so much more interesting. And I think you're right. I think everyone could use some coaches training and could really benefit from the skills that are there.
0: And to elaborate on that, I think we need to talk for a moment about the evolution of the phrase life coach or the title life coach in the 90s, and, and it may have appeared before that, but I remember in the 90s, a lot of people talking about a life coach, and it was something um, that was for celebrities, you know, and it was for people who were a hot mess, and it was for people who had a lot of drama, um, and the evolution, and whether or not that's true, um, the evolution of a life coach is, as Megan mentioned, more holistic.
1: Well, I'll tell you how I'm I'm laughing at what you're saying because um a couple of things. I remember when I became a coach and I got my training in two thousand and three, there was some reality TV show. That, held, that had a coach, and they lived in a house, and she had a coach, but there was all this drama, and I was looking at that going, oh my gosh, I don't wanna be that. Um, so when I finished my training, I had a coach, and I got my training through the Coaches Training Institute, it was an accredited um, organization, and I had this amazing coach, and I spent probably the first six months of coaching with her, fi- trying to figure out alternative names And not calling myself a life coach, even though that's what I wanted to be. I came up with all kinds of things like a provocateur and all kinds of names. And finally, I looped back to to embracing the title and the name life coach. But it took me a good six months before I actually felt comfortable using that name. So... I think you're exactly right. It's, it has come a long way. I now don't spend the majority of my time when I, enter, when I meet somebody and they ask what I do, I say my life coach, people actually kind of get it. Oh, at least it's more, um, it's more known. It's a known entity. It's more accepted, but back in gosh, the time when I started, people would say coach, are you coaching a sports team? And why would, why would you have, they just could not understand the phrase life coach at all. So I'm grateful that the, the industry has grown and evolved. And um, I believe in what we do so much because I've seen, I've had the privilege of being on the journey with so many people to see their lives evolve and unfold and how they've benefited from it. And I've seen it with my colleagues and what they've done and, coaching other people. And I love the modality. I believe in the modality so much. So I'm glad that it didn't go the other direction and look like that first reality TV show.
2: Or sometimes there's that association with HR is going to make you work with a coach and it's a bad thing. Um, so I think changing the mindset around that is, is so important. And we had a similar experience with the name Boss Lady Coaching because um, we've talked a lot about the struggle and the loaded word that is being a boss as a woman. And um, it was a little bit of a tongue in cheek, not at the time, but we ended up the same thing, just call it what it is and don't feel like we have to apologize for it.
1: Yes, and, and Megan, I appreciate what you were saying about companies and HR, because I do think even, you know, in the last 10 years, you still have a lot of HR people who are hiring coaches to deal with the problems that they don't want to deal with. Um, It's not the type of coaching I've ever done. I've I've kind of stayed clear of that, although I've had corporate clients and I have one company in town in particular, they hired me to create a coaching program um, It's an accounting firm. And they brought me in to give their employees soft skills and to help them create their vision for their careers. And they want them to have life balance. And I just think it's phenomenal that this company would invest so much in, I think I've worked with 40 people at their firm for people to give them what they need to be successful and happy. So I do think that that, that has shifted and it started turning over the, the last few years.
0: Well, speaking of that, Jennifer, we have about a minute left, so this is your opportunity to plug uh, for listeners to check out um, all of your sites and where they can buy the book.
1: Okay, so you can find me at Wwwx Excavive, E-X-C-A-V-I-V-E And on there, you will find, I'm in the process of putting a store up for all my books. Um, you can get the Women Who Boss Up book on Amazon. You can find me on Facebook. And on Instagram, it's Excavive. On Twitter, it's Excavive. On LinkedIn, I'm Jennifer M. Blair. Um, I have Jennifer M. Blair on Facebook. So I should be pretty easy uh, to be found.
0: Thank you so much, Jennifer and Megan. Appreciate you both bringing that awesome energy into the show today.
1: Um, Again, I love what you're up to and bringing so much great wisdom to all the boss ladies out there in the world. So, and all the people who are listening to this. So thank you.
0: The Boss Lady Coaching Podcast is a traveling podcast and we're all about for-purpose influencing. If you like what you heard, please share it. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Boss Lady Coaching and find us on SoundCloud and iTunes at Boss Lady Coaching Podcast. You can also check out our website where we have free tools, books, a blog and more. So check those out at BeTheBossCoaching.com. The Boss Lady Coaching Podcast, copyright
2: 2020.